just never give up. You just keep trying, you know, you just keep trying some, we always make mistakes and stuff, but it's feedback. It's not failure. And I just, you asked me earlier what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship overall, you know, marketing is a piece of that. It's an important piece, but what it does, entrepreneurship makes the world go round and makes our world advance into higher levels of the stratosphere. And I'm just so passionate about that. And I see people give up when they have great ideas, just because, you know, for whatever reason, something didn't work. So just never give up. Keep going and use that marketing to get you there. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 589. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Lori Conrad. Lori is an on... See, I got your name right. I'm. We are not going to edit this out. Lori, I got your last name right. Conrad, people, not Conrad. We were talking about how a lot of people get it wrong. And then I went right into your job title or your, your position title, and I started bloopering that up. Positive Productivity where there are typos and bloopers. Lori is an online marketing specialist. And I just want to thank you for being here, Lori. Listeners, you know, I have five kids. Anything can go wrong on any given day, but we have to do our best to keep on moving forward. And Lori was so kind to reschedule when we had a little bit of a dilemma here a couple weeks ago. But Lori, welcome. I am so happy to have you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me so much. And uh, I look forward to giving insights that are going to help your audience, you know, as much as possible today. Well, you and I have a lot in common with what we do today. And I know you've had quite the journey to get here. And I've had quite the journey to get here. But I love even just in in your intake form talking about automation and, you know, just getting people out of the doing everything themselves and, you know, I got caught up in the trap of doing everything manually for years. And we don't need to be doing that. There's smart ways to work and hard ways to work. So why not make it smarter for ourselves, right? Absolutely. And I just learned in my journey over my career how important time freedom is. And when I got into online marketing, I didn't even realize in the journey that I ended up with that what I decided to do was going to give me such time and freedom. And then once I realized it, it wasn't even about, well, it still is about the lead generation and that piece of your business, but the icing on the cake, so to speak, is really the time freedom that it gives you. Time freedom really does sound like icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. What does that look like in your life and business right now? So for me, it looks like, my lead generation is automated in my business and I teach other people how to also create systems so that that whole piece of your business or most of it is on autopilot so that I have time to do other things in my business that I like better. And it came about because I started growing my business in traditional ways like most people do because they're not educated in online marketing or any kind of automated systems, you know, we go to networking groups and we talk to people and we do, you know, get tables at expos and all those traditional things. And it's all very, very time consuming. And so I guess I just gravitated towards the automation because that time freedom is so important to me. And it, it manifests in beautiful ways where like the other day when you had something really important you had to do and reschedule this call because I don't have to worry about where clients are coming from. I can take a vacation when I want to. I can just stop what I'm doing. I can respond to, you know, family emergencies and all those things that are so important. I love being able to take a nap. Can I just be totally honest and say that? I yes. love being able to take a nap. And listeners, if this is not your first episode, you've probably heard me talk about 
my issues with sleep deprivation before, but in 2016, sleep deprivation put me into just such a severe downward spiral that I was ready to just end everything. And I'm not just talking about my business, but I'm talking about my life just because I was so sleep deprived from doing so much and so much of what I shouldn't have been doing. Absolutely. So it affects us in all areas, you know? Absolutely. And when we are trying to do everything all the time ourselves, and we're not creating systems to do things for us while we're doing other things, it creates burnout, just creates burnout, exhaustion. You start not having the, you know, great ideas that you were having before in your, in your business, in your life. And, you know, of course, our relationships suffer too. Oh, yes. I want to go back to what you were saying about like the networking events. I live in a smaller town in Ohio. And I was told by a lot of people, oh, you should be going out to these smaller events. And I'm sure they're great in bigger cities. But what I was finding in my small town here was that a lot of the businesses were, were brick and mortar shops, or, you know, physical locations. And they, for them, it wasn't necessarily about building their next funnel. And when we're passing like the salon every day, there may be better ways. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have a funnel. Salon owners, you still need a funnel. You still need to be getting people's email addresses so you can let them know if you're having a special or introduce a new service. But that wasn't necessarily the clientele that I should have been going after. And it wasn't who I wanted to go after either. It was in that period of scarcity mindset where I was like, okay, what meeting can I go to next? Which meeting can I go to next? Rather than taking those few steps and thinking about who do I actually want to be working with? And where are they? How do I find them? How do I get them into my funnel? And when that all became clear, bang. Yes. It's bang. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you asked somebody, who is your ideal client? And how many, well, I guess the better question would be that somebody has responded, oh, everyone, every entrepreneur or every mom. Yes, the word every is is always in there somewhere. You know, everyone who, you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that goes back to me mentioning earlier that people just aren't skilled or trained. You know, they have they're an entrepreneur, they have a they have something that they're offering the world, but marketing it is a completely different skill. Absolutely. I mean, I am a nice person by just nature. Sometimes too nice, it gets me in trouble. But when I hear every, I don't know if I should smack them or hug them. Yeah, sweetie, (laughs) you are just so wrong. And I can't stand it when people use sweetie on me. When my husband uses sweetie on me, I know we're fighting because that is not the term of endearment in our house. (laughs) But yeah, it's just, oh, sweetie, let's just think about this. It is not everyone. Laurie, you spent 25 years in corporate And then you started your own business. What were you doing in corporate and how did that transition come about? I was in IT for 25 years. So long, long ago, when we had mainframe computers, I was a programmer and uh, systems consultant, you know, kind of went up the ladder a bit. And it was right in the early 90s. I saw the writing on the wall because HTML was out, the web was out, the internet was out. And I was like, these mainframe programmer, this COBOL and all that is not, there's too many COBOL programmers in the world, we won't need them all. So I taught myself HTML. And so I left the big insurance company I was with, and became a webmaster at a smaller shop. And, you know, did that for seven years. So that's how I transitioned from older technology to newer technology. And then I was actually, when I decided to leave corporate, I was pretty much done with IT. I was kind of burnt out on it. So when I started my consulting business, it was in the health space. And I was consulting on healthy lifestyle and things like that. And so I I just really needed a break from the whole computer environment and industry. And I built my business that business that way very traditionally referrals, you know, tables at expos and and things like that, because I 
it was the early 2000s and I just wasn't that familiar with any social media or or anything like that. And and social media was entirely different. I mean, Facebook wasn't even available. Right. I mean, I think I was I didn't even get on Facebook till 08 yep. and it was just for personal reasons. Like and I was still even kind of reticent about it, you know, reluctant and just, but then I found out, oh, I was finding out when people's parents were sick and passed away and, you know, things like that. And I was like, wow, there's value in this. But, and I remember when Facebook ads first came out and we all just kind of were like, nobody's using those, you know? (laughs) And, um, I learned, you know, after that, that that wasn't true. And, they were, you know, hugely valuable, but it's a real journey. So when, when I got into online marketing, I was lucky to have that, you know, that techie background. That being said, I've known lots and lots of people that have been very successful learning online marketing that were not, you know, considering themselves techie. Yes, I completely, I mean, I'm, I would like to put myself in that bucket. I was an interior architect for a decade. Mm-hmm. And well, I have to tell you, I sort of took it upon myself, the same as you did, to learn the technology that I saw I was going to have to learn if I was going to be successful. I went to one of the top art schools in the country, and they taught us hand drafting. But I had already learned hand drafting in high school. And I saw the writing on the wall. I needed to learn AutoCAD if I was going to get a job. But there was no opportunity in the school to get it. So I taught it to myself. But yeah, when I got out of that, I did not get into what I'm in now, folks. Like, I had an online scrapbooking shop. I started on eBay and then built my own website. Well, I didn't build the site. I didn't even know a thing about HTML at that point. But I had somebody else design it. And that was like 2005. So I know the internet had been easily accessible for about a decade, if not more. But for me, really a decade before that. But it was still pretty early for e-commerce. Mm hmm. And that brings up a great point, because today, there's so many people entrepreneurs that are not on the internet. It's kind of mind boggling. But it's still not too late for them. You know, just because we've been doing it for, you know, 10 years, or and that's really such a short time. And it's definitely not too late. So many, so many businesses, so many people are not leveraging what's available on the internet to grow their business. Absolutely. My sister is my director of operations and she was a grocery manager for 15 years, like a, a big grocery chain in the Northeast United States. And she was completely not in this space of online marketing. So it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but at the same time, it's been awesome because she hasn't been in this space for so long. So there's, there's no beliefs that I have to disagree with because she doesn't have any. Like, I say that with love. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. But just having the ability to explain to her, like, that Facebook is pay to play for businesses now. And Instagram now is going a little bit of the same way. It's pay to play. If you want your business to get bigger exposure, you have to pay. And, And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get a little bit peeved buy it. Yes, yes. But then when I was having this conversation with my sister this weekend, I was like, and she wasn't annoyed by it. But I was just explaining that a lot of entrepreneurs get annoyed. And I was like, but this is their business. We can't expect them to give us their platform for free the same as we wouldn't expect ourselves to give our clients our platform for free. So why are people getting so upset by it? It's completely understandable, at least to me. Yeah, and it's, it's been an evolution. You know, because it used to be you could get so much free exposure there. And it's just because there's so many people on there. They're like, well, there's not enough newsfeed space to allow all that free exposure anymore. The people who are going to get the space are the people who are paying. And, you know, that's just a normal, normal business thing. I also find that the people that have a tough time going on social media are people that became successful and built their business on referrals. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you mean now I have to pay to get exposure? Right. Uh, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
but the exposure you can get is enormous. It's way beyond, way beyond your local area, you know, and, you know, depending on what their business is and what they want to do. But even in a local area, you know, if you just got there by, you know, putting advertisements in Valpac and, and that even costs money, right? That's paying for advertising. But the entrepreneurs that have never paid for advertising before have tend to have more resistance. Absolutely. My 16-year-old son, he's an umpire for the Junior Baseball League. And when I go to drop him off at the fields because he's not driving yet, it makes me think about advertising when I see all the different team sponsor signs around the baseball complex because each of the teams is sponsored by a different company. And it's the same type of thing. We can't have everybody's names on the shirt. It goes to one and they have to pay for it. But that's what keeps the league going and I was also watching a a big hockey game last week and I okay as of the date of this recording folks I don't usually like to timestamp, but it was the what's it called the Stanley Cup the final game just was so painful I'm sorry I'm from New England and the Bruins just (laughs) lost it Uh uh-huh yes so my family is a Boston fan Mm. but I haven't watched hockey in years I just needed to watch because one of my clients is a big St. Louis Louis however they properly pronounce it in that neck of the woods fan so I was watching but what really got me during the whole game was number one the commercials we cut cable over a year ago so having to get used to watching the commercials was something for me to get used to but I was like I wonder how much they're paying wouldn't it be nice if my business got that big that I could afford to buy a Stanley Cup commercial spot? And then also looking at the the banners around the rink, you know, mm. who has that one? Who has that one? I mean, it's like big companies. It's Honda and Dunkin' Donuts, or I guess they're Dunkin' now. Oh, um, yeah. You know what I was, it was in the back of my head. I wonder how much they pay. Because looking at it from the marketing standpoint, I was like, that's a, I mean, how many people are watching this game right now? Game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. There's that's a right. lot of exposure right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everything yeah. for a price. Absolutely. And that, that is why direct response advertising is so great for the smaller, you know, business owners, because it is affordable, you know? Being able to do a TV commercial like that, of course, is going to be a lot of money. And it's interesting to me that all those companies still use mass media advertising for mostly brand awareness. You know, Uh it's never direct response. I wonder, wouldn't it be cool if they actually ran a Dunkin' Donuts ad where they sent you to a website and had you put your email address in and you got something for it? Oh, I love that. I mean, yeah, after I lost my job as an interior designer, I was designing schools in the bond. I mean, when the economy tanked, especially here in Ohio, people couldn't afford to pass the bond issues. I mean, they lost their job. How are they going to approve the tax money to put air conditioning into a new school? So that's why I lost my job. But I, I got a job at Chipotle. And I always asked my managers why I was there, why aren't we doing any type of, you know, customer loyalty card or anything like that? Because we had a competitor from or in our neighborhood who had a loyalty card. He's like, well, we're just not going to do that. Well, in my neighborhood in the last year, maybe it's the last two years, that loyalty card has come out. And I'm on their text messaging. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? You know what I mean? Like they text message me, they're marketing. Hey, there's a special promotion today, but they've got my number so they can message me anytime they want now. And it's such a great idea. Yeah. For people who aren't really familiar, can you dive a little bit deeper into direct message market or direct response? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> direct response advertising is when the advertisement is created so that the person who sees it, the audience, is going to be required to take some kind of action. And that action is going to move them closer towards the sales process and the buying process, as opposed to what I said before, mass media, which is TV commercials where they just say, we have the best, you know, cleaner to get rid of your mold. 
And then that's all they do is they just give you a, a message, right? So direct response advertising is when you see the message, like say in your newsfeed, and it says, if you want more information, click here. And then when you click, you go to a page where if you want that information, you have to enter your email address. So that's the response. We want their email address or we want their phone number or we want them to ask for more information. And then when we get that contact information, we're set up in such a way that now we can follow up with those people and bring them closer to the sales, the buying process. And so we can measure every single step of that process. And it's very affordable for businesses to do this. We don't have to buy, you know, a million dollar or a hundred thousand dollar TV ad campaign to get our name out there and to get exposure. We can run ads on Facebook for five or $10 a day and say, like for a hair salon, you know, if you want a free cut with a color, I have 10 vouchers available quick get yours now and they have to give their phone number and their name and email in order to get that voucher and get that deal and so we can measure every piece of that process are people clicking on the ad yes or no if they're not we need to fix the ad if people are clicking the ad but they're not opting in then there's something wrong with the page they're going to that people aren't opting in maybe there's a trust issue maybe it just looks weird you know where the picture's not right or something on that page is saying the wrong thing. And so each step is measurable. So you can improve each step. And then you're also building an asset, which is your email list or your database of emails, phone numbers, and names of all those interested leads, all those interested people. And we all know as marketers, which a lot of entrepreneurs don't really think about, is that very small percentage of people are ready to buy today. But you know, a good 60% of the 100% are thinking about buying. And some are doing research, and they're going to buy within the next three to six months. And maybe some people are within the next six to 12 months. But we still want to bring those people into our world, so that they'll stop shopping, and they'll buy from us eventually. So that direct response advertising is that's what I do. And I think it's what you do too, Kim, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to call it a Monday brain fart. Okay. Because I wasn't even thinking, <laughs> you got me thinking about Valpac. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who do not get Valpac in your area and don't know what we're talking about, it's a envelope that comes what once a month or maybe a couple times a month. And it has a whole bunch of flyers like uh I don't know, maybe three inch by six inch little brochures from different area companies and they give you their deal. But I was thinking about that and I wasn't even thinking about how even, even though the local networking groups in my area may not have been, you know, lucrative for me or beneficial, I could do a direct response through one of those because who knows how many other entrepreneurs there are in my town. I'm not about to say I'm going to go do it, but I want to jump in. Yes, it is what I do. And I want to piggyback on what you just said about the testing. I love that you brought that up because so many people don't test different variables, different headlines, different pictures. I mean, I've, I just had an ad campaign maybe two months ago where I decided to, test four different images for my Facebook ad. And for anybody who's wondering, I use Ad Espresso because I just love how easy it is and how it shows me the the winner versus the loser. And that the picture that performed the best performed three times better than any of the others. And it was my least favorite of the four. Yeah, we just don't know what our market's going to tell us. It's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And what we think doesn't matter (laughs) what they think matters. Absolutely. And some people think that their landing page, you know, where you go and you give your name and your email or your phone number, that that needs to be absolutely gorgeous. But I've split test what I would call ugly pages. I mean, just with with my design background, I, I like things to always look really awesome. But even some of my, quote, ugly pages have converted doubly, doubly well. That's not proper grammar, but you know what I'm trying to say. I do. As pretty pages. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about Craigslist, Mm -hmm. how ugly that is. Yep. 
and how successful it's been. And so it's, it's just a wonderful point that a really simple, simple capture page with nothing on it except the headline and the opt-in box can outperform, you know, a page with a video on it with five bullet points and all pretty colors. You just never know, you know? Oh, you totally got me on the Craigslist. I found my husband, my house, and my dog all on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It doesn't need that's, to be pretty. That's called success. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what are you most passionate about in your work today? And what specifically are you doing? I mean, who are you working with and what do you do with them? So I think it's just the whole concept and practice of helping people understand how important marketing is and that it blows my mind how many people don't understand the importance of it. I have a really favorite quote and it's from Forbes and it just says one of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make is not spending money on marketing and PR, especially when the money gets tight because you can polish your products and services all day long, but it won't matter if nobody knows that they're there and that marketing and spending money on marketing and having a budget for that is crucial. And there's just story after story after story of superior products. Like I think a good one is from Simon Sinek's Ted talk when he talks about, Oh, was it starting with the Y and Apple? Yeah. Yeah. I love him. I love that. Start with Y, but there was a product that came out that was a competitor to an Apple product. And I think it had something oh, yeah, to do. He was talking about TiVo. Yeah, it was TiVo. Yep. And it just, the way they marketed it, they just scared everybody. Mm-hmm. And instead of the way Apple marketed theirs or somebody else, and the message was just all wrong. And it was a completely superior product. <laughs> but it didn't matter because the message was wrong and, and they didn't do it right. But but what, what I find a lot is that people are, even like we were talking about before, people that have built their business on referrals or they've spent all their – I talked to a restaurant owner one time and he goes, I don't have any money to advertise. I spent all my money on the equipment to, you know, make the food. And he could have the best food in the world, but he's not prioritizing – what's really going to make the business sustained, you know, so that you, you know, you asked me what my passion was. I think it's getting that message out there and clear to people and then helping them actually do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that they can have a business that's sustainable and that's profitable and grows. And I work with a lot of service providers, not as much I've worked with brick and mortar, not as much as service providers, consultants, coaches, authors, speakers. Uh, I've worked with a lot of direct sales reps, affiliate marketers, because that's where I started back in 2010, 12, 13 ish. And that's, I help them get themselves out there and get that system going. Like we were speaking of originally, which is having that uh, your lead generation automated. And that's what direct response advertising is. I love to tell people that, you know, where it kind of originated in the old days before the internet was when you would see an advertisement in the newspaper, like the wall street journal. And it would be this big, long article giving all kinds of free value, free information, really valuable stuff. And at the end, there would be a little coupon where if you want the free report that goes even deeper and gives you even better, even more information, fill out the coupon, cut it out, fill it out, address an envelope, put a stamp on it and put it in the mail. And that was direct response advertising. And now we do it so easily on the internet. All they have to do is, you know, type in their email and hit the button and you've got a lead. And when that system is running on autopilot and it frees you up, you know, to grow your business and work inside your business instead of on it all the time. You have me laughing over here for a moment because it's not just advertising like that. I mean, even talking about how I found my husband on Craigslist. I mean, now there's match.com and all these others, but, and I don't think she listens. Mom, forgive me for sharing this, but I don't think she even realizes that I know that there were classified ads 
you know, men looking for women or women looking for men that she responded to. But it was one of those things where you see the code that you're supposed to email a letter to or mail, snail mail a letter to, and they would forward it to the person who submitted the ad. And then they could go back. I mean, and now there's match.com and eHarmony and all those. I want to say one thing though. I love how you're talking about spending money on marketing and it's more, maybe you've had clients like this too. They think, okay, great. I have my funnel. You know, I have my system set up. I'm going to get lots of leads now. Mm-hmm. No, there's more than that. Because just as you already talked about earlier, I mean, we still have to get people there. This is not field of dreams. It's not if you build it, they will come. We still have to let people know it's here. So what are you doing to let people know it's there? Are you getting on podcasts? Are you getting on the radio shows? Are you like e-summits, webinars, ads, whatever it is, you still have to drive people to yes. whatever you have. The traffic is a crucial part of the funnel. You know, yeah. And to even go back to your other point about, okay, now I have what I find with a lot of people too, is that they think their funnel is a panacea. Like it's, it's going to solve all their problems. And we need to recognize it as a working, living, evolutionary thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we create funnels or write ads and they have their winners in the first hour. You know, I've had many of those and then or in or in the first day or 24 hours or whatever. And then other times, sometimes they just fall flat, Uh you know, and they don't get any response. And what I find is that it usually happens, which goes back to exactly what you were saying before, is that entrepreneur really has no idea who their ideal client is, what they're thinking, how they feel, what their real problems are. They're not in tune with it at all. And we do the best we can as marketers to figure out who those people are the best so that we can create the best system. And the systems will work. But if the entrepreneur doesn't know who their ideal client is, it's not easy to create a system that's really like hits a home run. Absolutely. wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs, and then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. When we're setting up my ads, we know who that audience is. We know who they are following if they're not following us. But we also have the retargeting for people who have been on the website. Mm-hmm. Yes, people, I pixel you. I know yes. who you are. I don't know you by <laughs> name, but Facebook does. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my husband got so irritated probably in the like 2000. 11 2012 because he knew on my bucket list I had a pair I wanted a pair of Ugg boots sometime in my life and he planned on getting them for me for Christmas so he went and he looked at a couple websites when I wasn't at home thankfully we did not share computers but from the time he first looked to when he actually purchased he had constant Ugg boot ads on Google and on Facebook He's like, dang it. Like he told me about this after Christmas, after he gave them to me. He's like, I was afraid you were going to look at my computer and see all these Ugg boot ads. And I was at that point, I really didn't know about pixeling. It was still very early in my, actually, I don't think I had even started my business yet. So I didn't have a clue. I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I would have just thought it was funny. 
but mm. but mm. it's so smart so smart if you haven't actually gotten to the checkout page or the thank you page then you keep on retargeting those people one of the most powerful things we do because it also saves the entrepreneur money to retarget yep. because those leads are always, you know, I don't like to always use the word always, but, you know, it's much more efficient because we know that people need, in many, many cases, multiple exposures in order to take that action, that direct response action. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I interrupted you before I gave you a chance to answer, but what are you most passionate about in what you do? Like what excites you about it? What excites me is seeing the results when you have your system running and having an entrepreneur see that they can actually get exposed to people that are in such a bigger world and that it really works, you know, Mm -hmm. and that people are actually clicking their ad and they're commenting and, you know, seeing them be happy with, with the results and the outcome of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to share with you that in the last, so I started my business in 2012. And in the years since I have transitioned from doing all one-on-one work for my clients to beginning to do work in my business and on my business, such as this podcast, to actually having my own products. And for those date savvy people who can see or who know when the Stanley Cup was, when I say this, you might be a little bit alarmed, but Lori, I just did my taxes this past weekend. <laughs> no, I did not file an extension. That was all my bad and that won't happen again. But for those of you who are not date savvy, I was two months late. <laughs> but I was looking and I, this was the first year that I had really been selling my own products, evergreen products year round. And when I was sharing with my sister how much we made last year. She's like, wait, hold up. How much? I was like, yeah. And I told her, she's like, why aren't we doing more of that? And I was like, it's just a time time. She's like, you got to make time. When are you going to get the rest of them up? Because this is too big to ignore. For those of you who are listening and are wondering, well, can I even support more clients? You don't need to support more clients. Direct response marketing can be driving people to products that you don't even need to talk to the people with. Like sell them an upgrade to your ebook or a course or anything. You do not need to be taking them to one-on-one services with you. And I know there's a big concern because I know who you are that I don't have time for this. I'm not asking you to take more time. I'm just asking you to take some time on your system set up so that you can be making money while you sleep because there's nothing more awesome than that. Yes. And that's, you know, I got exposed to that very early on in my journey too. like direct response marketing is a way of marketing anything, you know, it could be physical product, digital product, whatever. But once we learn how to do the marketing piece, then it's like, okay, so now I want to package up my expertise and sell it so I can make money passively. And I encourage all of my clients to do that. And some want to do it and some don't. But just exposing them to that concept like you just did is so powerful because most people don't think of themselves that way. And they don't think, what would I have to package up? And there's always something. There's always something. I've asked that question to clients before. I've, you know, I've said you can package things up and I've, they've said, well, I don't have anything. And I've asked, well, how many blog articles do you have? How many articles do you have that aren't up on your site? And I've gotten response like two to 300 before. Like, uh, number one, why aren't they up on your site? And number two, do you realize what a treasure you have right there? I mean, that was your time. Let's make you some money off of that. I don't care if it's five articles. You can still package it together and make it an ebook. Absolutely. I have a client that's a speaker, and she mostly speaks from stage, but she's done hundreds of webinars. And it's the same exact thing. Like, there's all that content, all that, you know, digitized, valuable information that's just sitting there that can be monetized. 
And if you don't already have it, you can certainly create it. And creating that stuff is not difficult. You don't have to be techie like we said before. You know, if we all know and understand how to do email, you can actually learn how to record your screen and your voice and make an MP4 and sell it. What is your preferred tool for that? I use Screencast-O-Matic, which is actually free. Although the upgraded version where you can go over 15 minutes is like $20 a year. So inexpensive. Oh, my heavens. You know, I just, I like to use a good mic so the audio is good. Yep. But it's just so simple to use. And it's by TechSmith, I think. Mm -hmm. And I've used that since day, you know, when I first started recording things and selling them and doing webinars and trainings and things. So I use Loom because I love sending quick little screen shares to my team. Mm -hmm. And that has a, that does have a monthly charge, but I also have had Camtasia, which I bought the full license to a couple years back. So that's a little bit more extensive and also a bit more expensive. I mean, I think it cost me $300, Mm -hmm. but if you already have Zoom listeners for your calls with clients or what have you, even the free account, I don't think there's is any limit on a free account for how long you can go for and record for. I'll look that up before this goes in the show notes. I think it's 40 minutes. Okay, but still 40 minutes. You can accomplish a lot in 40 minutes and even bundle them together in part one, part two, part three. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a three-part question for you. How many hours a week are you working right now? What is your dream number of hours? And what are your favorite tools that are making everything happen for you right now? How many hours a week do I work? Uh, I would say if I'm working on a project, it's going to be more, but like just to run my business, I probably work 30 hours a week, sometimes more depending on if I'm working on a project. I like my time freedom. What was the second question? How many hours a week would you like to work? I'd like to work less than that mm-hmm. and, you know, even have more free time. And then my th- the third was what tools do I use to make that happen? Yep. I use GoToWebinar for my webinars. I run my direct response, you know, advertising campaigns, 24 by 7, 365 days a year. And so I use mostly Facebook ads and I use ClickFunnels to build my funnels And I use schedule once for scheduling my calendar, my automated calendar for when I have um, strategy sessions with people where I have sales calls. I think it's once hub now. Yep. They bought them out. I use Wistia to hold all my trainings that I sell, all my info products. I love Wistia. Are you using ClickFunnels for your emails as well? Or do you have a separate email marketing system? or email system. I use AWeber for my autoresponder. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Listeners, I just want you to know that all of the above tools will be in the show notes, which you will be able to find at the kimsutton.com forward slash PP589. You've actually got me just thinking, Lori, about all the other people like me in my town that I just don't know about, right? Like, I am curious now about Valpac because there, there could definitely be other mompreneurs in my town who need a funnel built and they don't even know where to begin. So I'm not saying that it's the best financial decision or that it will even be feasible, you know, but you've got me, I'm going to be, I'm going to be researching that one a little bit because I don't want anybody to, to be struggling out there. I mean, their struggles is not my problem, but if I can help, I will. Right, right. Where can listeners find you online and get to know more about you? They can find me on my website, lauriconrod.com. And I'm sure that'll be in the show notes too. So the right spelling is there. Yep. And also, you know, my business page on Facebook is there also. And those are my two primaries that I focus on, you know, to have a presence out there. I love that you said two primaries. And I normally jump right from that question into the, the golden nugget. But 
Could you address anybody who is out there right now thinking that they have to be everywhere? It's such a common mistake because inexperienced people will tell you, okay, you're starting a business or you're, you know, starting to use social media. You need to have Twitter, Instagram. You you need to have everything. It's just not true. Focus on one where you think your clients and customers are and just get good at that one platform and don't worry about the rest of them. It's you dilute yourself, you get burnt out, you get confused because they're all different. And each one has its own kind of culture and the way it operates. And so just focus on one. I mean, I've been doing this since 2013, 14, and I'm really only YouTube and Facebook. I have an Instagram that got hacked a year and a half ago and I couldn't get it back. So I lost all my stuff. So I just never, I just kind of let it go for a while. Twitter. I don't really use Twitter. I focus on one thing so that, you know, I don't go crazy. And that's what I tell my clients too. I could give you a big sloppy kiss for that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and I actually just talked about it in the positive productivity pod earlier today. Jail of all trades, master of none. That's it. That's it. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see what bad social media marketing looks like, I mean, you can go to any of mine because I was one of those people who was everywhere. And now there are a couple that are just sort of dead. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're a solopreneur or even if you have a small team, Mm -hmm. you know, once you have a, a team team, like a larger team, then you can pay people to handle all that stuff. But when you focus on one thing, it's like that book, The One Thing. That's an awesome book to read. Incredible book. Yeah. I made way more money and I still make way more money just focusing on one thing all the time. Mm-hmm. As soon as I start too many projects, it things fall apart. What one book are you reading right now, which really has captured your attention? Well, I just started reading The Four Disciplines. And I would have to grab it because I don't know the author at the top of my head. But it's about focusing on four disciplines to have exponential progress. Hmm. And I just started it. So, But it's, it's been really good so far. I just started reading Profit First. And my apologies to the author because I know I'm going to get your last name wrong. Mike- That's Michael. Mike. Michaelowitz. It will yeah. be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. This it's given me a big kick in the butt already. As I said, I did my taxes this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to dive too deep into the book because all of you need to read it if you haven't already read it. But I am implementing the profit first system into my business. And just to give you some type of glimpse at the awareness that I've gotten is that I this past year, I spent double what I should have on operating expenses. And that's that's all good because now you know, you yeah. know. And I'm, I'm aware of that book. I haven't read it, but I know he talks about paying yourself first. Yep. Doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, and most entrepreneurs don't do that. They put all the money into the business and they don't pay themselves. And that's a that's a big common, common mistake, too. Well, I... I mean, I've done it for seven years. If it was in the account, I could spend it. Mm-hmm. But that is not the way to build a healthy business. Yeah, there's so much, so many great books out there. There are. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. You have got my brain spinning. And actually, and I haven't had any Facebook ads running for months since that last set was up. But now you have me thinking about what I can set up for even just, as you said, $5 a day. Yeah. And in your local area too, Kim, like you were talking about those mompreneurs and, you know, that need a funnel. They talk about people who need a system, you know, mm-hmm. you can't network 24 hours a day, but your ad can be running 24 hours a day. And if you put your beautiful face out there in your local area, you know, and Valpac might work better too. Who knows? But like we said before, at $5 a day, it's affordable to test it and see if it it gets traction. Absolutely. I mean, even if I just made six back to cover that five plus one, that would mm-hmm. be a good start. And here's the here's the, another point about Facebook ads that I think people don't realize is that you could spend a few hundred dollars on Facebook ads and get nothing. 
quote unquote, no results, but you actually did get results because you saw what is not resonating with your audience. You learned something about them. You learned that that target audience is not what you thought it was, or the, you know, the images isn't what's going to resonate with them, what their copy isn't going to resonate with them. So when people get discouraged, especially when they first start running ads and, you know, quote unquote, it didn't work, you know, well, if Facebook ads didn't work, they wouldn't be exponentially increasing their revenue every year into the double digit billions, you know? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So I just encourage people don't get discouraged if it doesn't work right away. And it also does help to get expert help too. But we always learn something when a campaign doesn't work, even as well as when they do work. I just want to throw this out there for the listeners, and maybe you have a different tool that you like to to use. But for those of you who are trying to do it yourself and have a WordPress site, I installed maybe two years ago on my site Pixel Caffeine. It's actually by Ad Espresso, but I wasn't using Ad Espresso yet. And it makes setting up the Facebook pixels on your site extremely easy. You don't need to know code. You just need to know where to grab your pixel from Facebook and they walk you right through it. But without without that pixel installed, it's going to be hard for Facebook to see what's working, what's not. Huge gold nugget right there. Yep. I would love to know if you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you could offer to listeners today. I would say, I mean, I gave one of them out earlier when I, when we talked about, you know, having a marketing budget and don't skimp on your marketing because that's a huge gold nugget that I think people aren't aware of. Another, another gold nugget that I have just found that creates success is to just never give up. You just keep trying, you know, you just keep trying some, we always make mistakes and stuff, but it's feedback. It's not failure. And I just, you asked me earlier what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship overall. You know, marketing is a piece of that. It's an important piece, but what it does, entrepreneurship makes the world go round and makes our world advance into higher levels of the stratosphere. And I'm just so passionate about that. And I see people give up when they have great ideas just because, you know, for whatever reason, something didn't work. So just never give up. Keep going and use that marketing to get you there. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.